Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is Andrew Michael Price of Frogtown Glassroots. He is a local promoter and someone who is fostering the jam scene here in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, we'll get to him in a second. Uh, first, I would love for you to go on to uh, your iTunes and leave a review for the podcast. This helps us tremendously. Uh, you can also write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, yeah, that's it. I, I'm not putting too much time in to, uh, any more social media because I'm already addicted to it and it's part of my job. So it, it kind of feeds into itself like the snake that eats its own tail, whatever the fuck that's called. Anyways, let's get right to it, guys. Let's welcome to the show Andrew Michael Price. So your, your family's all educated and stuff? Yeah, my... Uh my younger brother's about to actually go to Africa. He's finishing up working on his master's, but he's the one who went to Ohio State. I went to OU for a few years and uh, had a little too much fun, as they say. <laughs> and uh, I transferred back to UT in 2014 and graduated two years ago next month with an operations management degree and a minor in entrepreneurship, which was very fortunate. Toledo has a very great college of business as OU does so do you mind talking right into that man yeah no problem there you go now we got you there it is right on so so what I'm so sorry what did you what did you what did you graduate in I graduated from University of Toledo with a bachelor's degree in uh, operations management and a minor in entrepreneurship what's operations management it's very similar to supply chain management gotcha but it, it's very broad as well which is kind of why i picked it yeah and it fit it actually fits the music industry more than i ever would have imagined so especially when it comes to festivals and you know event planning of course a lot things of, business of that nature shit. business that's where a lot of musicians get really fucked up is that it's like you know it's it's a music business and i know you've heard this i mean everybody's heard this but it's a business and it's like um you have to be able to manage your shit, your money, or else you're going to end up just being a shitty homeless musician. <laughs> but you could be the greatest musician in the world, but if you don't have your shit together, if you don't have your business together, you don't have, you know what I mean? Like, it, it can fall apart real quick, which yeah. I've done so many times. So, <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah. So, like... So, was it always your intention then to, like, kind of go into promotion? Not at all. Um, when I originally went down to Ohio University, I was a sport management major. Oh. And they uh, they founded the first ever sport management master's program in 1968, so they're very well known for that. And I went down there with the intention of that and kind of figured out that industry and what it was all about. And pretty much, if you don't know somebody you're never ever going to get anywhere in it <laughs> and that's I mean that's fine but I had uh I had friends who had graduated from OU with that same degree that were selling tickets for the Chicago Fire 
outside graduation and they their mom had to help them pay for their rent in Chicago. So I didn't want to be a college graduate who had, you know, to mm-hmm. ask my parents to help me pay for my rent first out. You know, you go you go get a business degree for a reason so you you know, hopefully better yourself and I just didn't see it there so that was the reason for switching my major. Yeah. No, that makes sense, man, because it's like I, and you know you see that it's, it's very common today even kids just going to college straight out of high school not really knowing what they really want right like you you were like you had an idea of what you wanted right but it yeah. wasn't but it wasn't until you're like in the shit and you saw people like not right. failing but like having a hard time with it and I, I think it happens with a lot of kids who come right out of school school not having um I mean, just being young kids, you know, like right. cause you don't know what like what the fuck did you really know at 18? It's tough to find to to make a choice. A what life you wanted, decision. What you want to do for the rest of your what life. What am I going to do forever? 18 years old. Yeah. <laughs> when you're I'm going to die in this position. I'm trying to think when I started Frogtown Glassroots, my business, it was March 2016. Mm. And I still had little over 18 months left of school so i only had about three semesters left of school and i figured it out and had i known i wanted to do that before i started school or a little sooner there would have been certain classes i would have made sure to take of course certain i don't know <laughs> computer graphics and all that other kind of stuff because when you realize what everything everything the music business entails you're like oh that would have been helpful oh yeah. that would have been helpful but I'm I'm just glad and grateful I figured it out when I did because when I do do all this stuff it's not work for me and I think that's the most important part. That's awesome. Especially that's for cool. everybody in general in life. Yeah. You know, you always hear that and it sounds so so cliché but when you do kind of find your calling it really speaks and resonates. Yeah, it it's not really work, it's just like your hobby amplified. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, you're like um, but, but there, I mean, oh shit, sorry. Uh, but it does like for me personally, like it can become work in certain aspects because it is like all I do. Well, musicianship on the music side of it. And you work a lot, you work on promotion. Well, we should probably introduce our guests. <laughs> and now on your Facebook, it says Andrew Michael, but is that your, is that your name? Michael's my middle name. So okay. my full name is Andrew Michael Price. And you didn't middle name is after my dad. Ah, I got you. So you were a junior or a second? Nope. Just uh just uh Andrew Michael Price. Yeah. And, and you you do you have a problem with that? No, not <laughs> okay. at all. Well you just said it's like yeah, it's after my dad No no no. I my just, my middle name was after my dad. So my dad you. is Michael Price. Got you, got you. Yeah, that's all. Tight. All yeah. right, right on. Okay, so uh, Andrew is uh, uh, the proprietor of Frogtown. What is that? Will you just say it? Because I always fuck it. Frogtown Glassroots. G L A S S. It's not grass, like a lot of people <laughs> like to say. Which I probably would have just said. It's okay, though. As well, long no, as you and, guys And I know us. that it's not grassroots, but like it just comes barreling out of my fucking face. <laughs> as it does for everybody else who, you know, who sees your emblem and was just like, huh, Frogtown grassroots, huh? Yeah, grassroots. frog's green, too. Yeah, grass. <laughs> yeah, they associate colors with the words and shit. Um, so uh, a- Andrew started this back in 2016, and and you uh, can you just give us a brief overview before we dive into like what you do? And I got some other stuff I got for you, but can you just give me an idea of what you do and tell like my audience what kind of what you do, what what your what your business entails? 
So Frogtown Glassroots is a full artist management company. Um, we handle everything from booking to promotion to social media for artists to event planning to tour management. I actually just got back this weekend from uh, from the road with Bacano, who's one of my clients and friends, and we had a great uh, great little first tour on the Midwest. We did seven shows in eight days and the feedback and uh everything else that we got along the way was pretty incredible yeah it was that the first time the guys kind of went out on the road like that yeah absolutely and to be honest um this is really the first time a jam band from the city of toledo or the surrounding area has done something like this um boogie matrix mechanism who uh was huge and everybody loves for a very long time um they stopped doing stuff a couple years ago, and we've been fortunate enough to have Aaron Armstrong, the percussionist, out at some of our events and festivals. But um, they played a lot of festivals, and they played some big shows, but they didn't ever go on tours to that magnitude. So I tried to tell the boys that when we were out there on the road and not take it you know, lightly and not, not sell ourselves short. You know, mm-hmm. We're out here, and we're getting paid for it, and you know, we're trying to spread it around to everybody because it's not just Bacano. It's going to help. It's going to help the whole Toledo right. scene in Northwest Ohio. Right. You're opening whole. up the door. For Absolutely. Because you do manage uh, several bands, right? I mean, yeah. I, I'm, just st- I'm still not sure what you – I know your promotions. So, so you just did this tour of Bacano. So what else does your – like what – so what what did that entail like um that tour what did that what did you what was your part of that tour so every single show i'd be sure to get uh pictures and video we go do live feeds sometimes making sure the band gets paid helping them drive when they don't want to um drew their bass player does a lot of their booking besides me and he does an absolutely fantastic job but basically relieving any duties that you know the band themselves shouldn't have to do or really doesn't want to do mm-hmm. that's what i'm there for yeah right on. tight so like what was some of the things that you that you did over besides the video and stuff what was some of the things that they didn't want to do that you were doing they didn't want to drive five and a half hours <laughs> straight from <laughs> iowa city to indianapolis no one ever does <laughs> i was there for that <laughs> you know but that's so crucial man like i've been in the van a lot and um Having someone that's outside the band driving is so fun. I mean, because, like, a lot of people have this, like, misconception that, like, you're a traveling musician, so you're just this lazy burnout who's just, like, skimming the fucking bottom just to get by so you can be some kind of, like, artist or whatever. However fucking society paints that shit, you know. Uh, And there's this big misconception that, like, it's not like you're out there working. Like, because... First of all, traveling is fucking exhausting. Oh, yeah. Driving uh, and then like to drive all day and then get out, load your shit and then put on a real show like where you're like really putting all your energy in it. And then you have to fucking drive all night to fucking (laughs) the next gig so you can get there on time and maybe get some sleep. It's a fucking grueling process, especially for bands who are like Bacano, who are just now sort of like starting to break out. They reach yeah, in absolutely. and like, you know, you're starting to gather a following. And so now you have to foster that. Right. And and uh, and, and that fostering is going to include you guys going back to the same place, doing it again over and over again until i mean more people show up and you say right. you know like it's a it's a grueling process yeah and i think the the big key too is to try to not grow too fast as mm. e- as easy as it is to 
say that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of bands you see that sometimes uh, struggle once they get to this point is instead of going back and playing cities over again out of mm-hmm. town is they'll try to go and play <laughs> even more cities just Come, once instead yeah. of just trying to build on right. certain ones. You know, maybe 10 to 15 or something of that nature mm-hmm. rather than, oh, we're going to go play 30 cities this year and only do it once. And, right. You know. Spread yeah. yourself a little bit too thin. Obviously, you got to get out and spread the word, but it's finding that happy median. Yeah, and, and especially when you have a band full of guys who all have lives. They, I mean, some of them probably have day jobs, I take it. Yeah, so, every single one of the five band members in Bacano, uh, they all have yeah. their own jobs, obviously, so on like top it's, of it's being h- a Bacano member. Right. It's hard to make that transition from, like, I am – uh, I am like I'm working supporting myself to like holy shit I live in a van and like I don't know if we're gonna make it to the next show because <laughs> so so I, I so going out on these small spurts I think is I love that I like the small ones like anything longer than a week you just start you start going crazy because the lack of sleep and shit but I mean Bacano I, I I can see Bacano in the future that I mean tour life right I mean that's the idea right to like Absolutely. travel play yeah, the world, build uh, everywhere. We got some big plans coming up for the spring too that we're pretty excited to share with everybody. Um, and yeah, it, it really it could not have gone any smoother. And I think if you ask Hank, Vinny, Drew, Ben, or Vinny that they'll tell you the same exact thing. That's all. Adam, their drummer, he's been their drummer about a year. Um, he he's been a hardworking drummer in Northwest Ohio for a long time. Um. He was Bathhouse Betty's drummer for a long time, and then he was Trino Leaves' drummer. And oh, Trino man. Leaves is still one of my favorite bands in the area. That but BG, uh, right? Yeah. But yeah. since Adam's taken over, that was about a year ago, um, Bacano has really been on the move, and it's been exciting yeah. to see him grow and be a part of it, too, with them. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, since I've been back in the Toledo, which was last September, I mean, like, the first time I heard about it was back in April, and then sent – or maybe er- – no, it was earlier than that – but like since then it's even gotten like just this year has just been like you can see their growth and their uh, and uh, they just released a new album and yeah stuff, right? best eggs was their album yeah. that they came up with this summer and there'll be a bunch of other music that they're working on right in this winter too do so you, do you know where they're recording it um stone soup oh, studios stone soup. i believe yeah it's like that or firefly is what i hear it's what you know maybe it isn't stone soup i shouldn't say that because i haven't been there they have worked with multiple studios mm-hmm. in the area i can't remember where they did the last where they did yeah. best exit but i i'm to my knowledge they're doing the next one there too well this didn't turn into the bacano show so <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to Frogtown. so uh what what else have you done for like because because it seems like Frogtown is kind of like built out this. Um, at least my friend, like my friend Tom Polka, I don't know. He he's been here. He's kind of a scenester, and he he told me just the other day. He's like, dude, every time, every every since like Frogtown kind of came in, there's been like all these cool jam shows available for people, and like there's a scene kind of growing. So like you you, it seems like Frogtown is kind of fostering a scene here, and that, I think that's beautiful and. Uh, Sort of tell me why and how you wanted to even do that. Um, it's, it's funny you bring that up, too, because I know on our Facebook page it says that our main goal is to help the Northwest Ohio and Toledo arts and music scene flourish. Mm-hmm. And you're not the first person who's brought it up. Um, that especially in the last year, you know, like I said, I started the business a little over two and a half years ago. But really since we pulled sacred harvest off the first one which was september 2017 um we haven't 
stop from that momentum. And it's been awesome to see. Um, the main thing that I like to try to do is uh, provide the best value for people. I've been going to shows and festivals for so long, and that's always something huge to me. It's like, what festival or what event am I going to spend my money on? And for for a value is usually what I'm looking for. So mm-hmm. for us at Harvest, that was kind of what we've come up with, too. Like, we had 23 bands this year, and people tell us how crazy we are. And, yes, we know we are. <laughs> But for $40, you're not going to see that many bands anywhere. Yeah. I mean, you're just not. Most two-day festivals that are going to charge you 80 bucks, you're going to get maybe 15 bands at. And so, $80 is on the low end, by the way. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm talking I'm talking Ohio scene yeah. festivals in there. You know, Maydays, who uh, Laughing Sam Productions down out of Dayton area, they do a great job, and they've done so much for the Ohio music scene over the last decade. So, who is it? I'm sorry. Um, Laughing Sam Productions is their name, but Maydays is a festival that they do, and they also do Festivus, which is every uh, December. It's just a one-day event. But oh, Waxtastic's been a part of those for a couple of times. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they, they do a lot of great stuff for the to the jam scene in Ohio and always have. They were... They were uh, the fellow who runs that place, he was the uh, original Works promoter, which obviously the Works oh, yeah. are a national touring band and, you know, an Ohio staple in the yeah. scene. And, and everyone knows who nice they are. nice guy. Like, oh, yeah. I got I had a chance to talk to him, and he's very open. He was a very open book. He was just a really nice person. Yeah, he's one of the most genuine people you'll ever meet. And yeah. it was cool to not just you, but myself and other people get the chance to talk to him when we yes, had him up exactly. to Harvest because exactly. he kind of said this is – it gave them a feel of what they, the works were doing 10 years ago, which mm-hmm. was throwing little festivals down in Dayton and stuff right. like that. So, Which is, I'm, I'm sure you took it as a compliment. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's <laughs> he had a blast. I, I joked with Chris the whole time. If you guys weren't at Sacred Harvest, um, Chris Hauser from the works was one of our featured uh, headliners. He did a solo set, and he was an artist at large, and I joked around with him all weekend that he was an artist at Hostage because he ended up playing with, like, 13 bands, which was over half the bands there, and made it look easy and did it with did it with a smile on his face, played with anybody that wanted to play with him. So they're, they're one of my favorite bands and always have been since I've gotten to the music scene and festival scene about six, seven years ago. So to have him come be a part of it was uh, very humbling. Do you, no, I just um, I know I'm getting sidetracked here, but like I asked the guys from Subterranean right in front of Chris, which I'm sure was awkward. But like, in your opinion, like what do you feel like? Because you know how like Hookah was like the reigning champions for a long time. Right? Oh yeah, and depending uh, on who you ask, they still are. Oh well, no, and like I I love Hookah, you know, and like I I got some shit because I went to Hookahville and I did like a Hookahville podcast, but I didn't. I would just it was a bootleg show, which I do bootleg shows. Um, anyways, um, that's why I just call them bootleg shows. They're just the shows I recorded. What? Okay, you guys get it. You guys know what bootlegging is. Okay. but I, it was because I, I don't know. I got some shit for I wasn't talking shit, but I was um, I was just reviewing the show. Okay, and like I thought the 2.0 that is I was just there for 2.0. I thought it was great. Of course, it sounded like you could hear the rust. You know, you could hear the the stuff. I also found out some stuff about what was going on behind the scenes a little, and and I got shit for talking about that. So I won't bring it back up. But <laughs> um, anyways, uh, do you think that the works kind of have um, kind of kind of like taken the throne here in ohio where i know they're kind of they're two different bands obviously they're right. very much so but like 
and I feel like this is an insult just even asking this question, but do you think that the works have kind of come in and sort of um, uh, taken over or at least was as the next generation of like where hookah kind of left off? I, I guess yes and no. If just you, because it, like you look at the works festival and it's if, grown If you go huge. strictly off of the workout festival and what that's become compared to hookahville, then I guess you'd say yes. But at the same time, if you ask the guys from hookah that, you know, they used to do festivals that were huge like that. They had Bob Weir at one of their hookah yeah, bills back in there. the day. Yeah. And, you know, so there. I think it kind of depends. Because even, like, our, our guy, uh, our guy Jim Galabardi, who does a great job running our production for Harvest, he's a big part of Hookahville, and mm. he'll tell you the same thing. He made a joke about having not that many artists on the Hookahville lineup was that if, if you'd ask the Hookah guys, they'd want one other band and they'd want to play the whole rest of the time, maybe two other bands. So, <laughs> And that's just what, what they would like to do these days, but... It's it's great that we have the works in acoustic hookah and bands like that mm-hmm. in Ohio yeah. that have kind of set a gold standard for sure for and, the jam and, scene because a lot not, of states and regions don't have anything don't. close to what we have. No, you're absolutely right. And and just to set the record straight, hookah was like the first ones that brought that vibe. Oh yeah, here. and I mean hookah's been around since the early '90s. Hookah's been around these, longer yeah. than you know Um Freeze and some of these sure. other bands even. So and it's hookah. like you know that hookah would have been. I I mean like they're great and like they they're legends around here but you know that they would have probably grown out if 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 they would have been able to stay on a certain trajectory i feel like if they would have kept ed or something or if they could have yeah. kept that one yeah a lot together. a lot of lineup changes and things of that nature i did, think did I, occur i think it slowed them down a bit a but. little bit uh, and, and, and like I even hate I I don't like I'm not trying to talk shit. No, like, no, like, not at all. But but I do look at it realistically. And plus, who the fuck am I? I've been fucking ass deep in the reggae scene down in Southern California for the last fucking 13 years. So who the fuck am I to even comment on what's going on here in Ohio? <laughs> it's just what I'm seeing, and I'm just trying to put the pieces together. And so Absolutely. I'm not trying to make. Uh, I'm not trying to like put the works on this pedestal. And you no, know what I mean? not like, at all. I'm just. I'm genuinely curious on like where it's going. I mean, because like, is there another band besides the works that is the level of the works that is in Ohio right now? Well, that's the thing, Papa Do. Is technically bigger, but if you ask Papadozio, they're not from Ohio. They're from Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, they they all formed they're... in uh, Athens, Ohio, and were based in Ohio yeah. for a long time, but they made the jump down there in, I believe, 2013. They, that... they moved down there, and they've been based out of Asheville. So, if you, yeah, if you, if you don't count them, then definitely. I don't think there's anybody that can come close to that for, you know, just from the amount of years they've been around, the amount of work that they've put in. You know, they continue the tour of the country and put on a premier music festival that is desirable to anyone around the country. The lineup that Kenny and those guys put together this past summer was unbelievable. I now, mean... You're talking about... Who, the workout. Oh, the workout. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, let it... Lettuce and uh, Galactic. Joe right? Russo's almost Joe dead. Russo, yeah. That that one was pretty incredible. They they uh. Did they, you go to the workout? I did. Oh nice. Yeah, yeah. I had to work Saturday night, but I got to have fun the first two nights. And yeah, J Rad uh really J Rad kind of made it tough for anybody to even match what they did on the first night. Right on. Who's yeah. J Rad? I don't know. Joe Russo's almost. Dead. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> You're fine. I don't know them that well. I've listened to the, what they're doing, you know, and it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I'm not that deep in the game like that. Uh, I'm getting there though. I'm getting, I'm getting like, I'm getting my bearings, and I'm like, cause, cause I kind of like when I left this area, I kind of left that jam shit behind, you know. And, and not like shit, but like just musically, I went out west, and it was just a whole different, the whole different thing, you know. 
So coming back, it's interesting to getting back into it because like I really I never hated jam band music. I just kind of like was listening to other things, and so coming back here, it's interesting to like kind of see what's been going on. And yeah, absolutely. Just genuine curiosity. Cur- curiosity. Okay, those gummy bears, man, they slow you down. <laughs> um. So, anyways. So right now, Frogtown is, uh, oh, I'm trying to, so you said that you had other bands that you, or you still manage other bands or like, I, I, I know you said you're a tour manager, but like you're also a booking agent for bands as well. Yeah. So we, we do, we do everything at Frogtown Glassroots. Booking's a big part of it. Some bands prefer that, uh, we don't help them out on social media or marketing yeah. or any of that stuff. So a lot of the bands we work with, though, do like us to do both. Mm-hmm. But um, it's pretty split. I'd say mo- most bands that we do work with do have us involved in all aspects for the most part. Gotcha. But we don't we don't discriminate against anybody. We can fill your needs. My biggest thing is Frogtown Glassroots is about artists helping themselves. You know, we're not yeah. we're not trying to take over and run your whole show. We want to go in the direction that you want to go, and mm-hmm. we just want to help you go there at a you know faster pace, better quality. So, if a band was looking for some kind of like booking and like what you guys offer, what would be the first thing that you would tell them to do, like when they contact you, and like what is the first thing that you look at as well when you, when you get the um. The first thing I would do is actually go to one of their shows myself. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I've always said, and that, that could be changing as we grow, but one thing I've always said these first couple years is I won't work with anybody whose music I'm not equally as excited about as themselves because mm-hmm. I don't feel like I can give it my all if I'm not as, you know, of course, yeah. into the music that you are into. Like, you know, that's why it works so well with Bacano and Stonehouse and Indigrass and some of my other clients because it's like – you know, I breathe it too. Like I, I have as much passion for their music that they do, and mm-hmm. that's why it works out so well. Yeah, yeah. So, so what would you say? Like, it, so you would go to their show if they if they contacted you, they'd be like, "Hey, we're looking for representation." And right. the, this, this, so this, I'd meet them at one of their shows, okay. and then we would talk again and go from there. Um, do you? Um, is there something like so if a band do you ask for like epks or anything or like how do you i mean like yeah um some bands don't even have that but yeah we'll we'll take that or um you know if you you got one we'll take it email it to me obviously some artists have done that well it's just when i uh when i talk to bookers and stuff like that on the show is like one of the first things is is like what they look at is uh epks and then they go to social media and then they check out like how many views they got on youtube and then they start making decisions from there. Um, I'm just curious and like why that's is that something that you do too, or are you more like I? I um, are you I like, I don't necessarily go that far. If mm-hmm. you don't have any videos on YouTube or you only have four likes on Facebook, it, that's not going to stop me from working with you if I truly believe in what you're doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I was just curious. That's, yeah, that's cool. I like that, man, because it's like yeah. Because instead of you're looking at metrics and you're looking at this band as numbers and like what, right what they can provide you, you're like, what well, what can we provide each other here? Exactly. Like, like I really like what you're doing. I I see a potential here. Like, what can we do to do? Um, another thing that I've been told is like um. You know, before you go and look for management, you want to, uh, or any any of the services that you're doing, is uh, uh, your ability to do your own work. Like, so you shouldn't, 
you shouldn't be looking for like a booking agent unless you are already booking and booking is becoming uh, a hindrance almost, you know, like, yeah. so like it gets so out of hand that you're spending more time um, sending emails than you are actually at your craft. And so that's kind of a couple of people have told me that too. I don't know. Is like, is that not, not necessary for you? I mean, like, I, I'm just, I'm just curious. Um, I don't it, know if that was a question or if that I, was know, just me stating well, something. Well, hearing about the emails, it's funny. So just uh, going back to last week with the Picano tour, we originally were going to do eight shows in eight days. Oh, wow. There was an electrical fire at a venue in Lexington, Kentucky, where we were playing at. So our Thursday night show got canceled. Oh. It may have been for the better because we got a day to rest up, and we had an yeah. absolutely amazing show that night and Friday with Litz and Conscious Pilot. But going back to what Mike is saying about the email, and send all that stuff out i think between drew their bass player who does booking and myself we probably sent out darn near 50 emails and half of them probably didn't hear back and mm. the other half was just no sorry you know yeah and a lot of them were up by fort wayne just all over from fort wayne all the way down to louisville lexington and anywhere in between we didn't want to hit cincinnati because bacano's played so many cincinnati shows this year already but mm. uh yeah that was uh that was a challenge but it worked out for the best yeah, yeah. Well, that day of rest is crucial, man. <laughs> that shit. Like you. Oh my god. Especially after six shows in a row. Yeah, man. It, it's a fucking. It's a, it's a trip. Um. Yeah, like with the with the emails and stuff. What what were you um were you guys like? Did you guys already have like venues already that you uh, vetted out, or were you guys just starting fresh? Like, I'm just gonna hit up these guys in these cities. It's a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Um, down in Louisville, I know someone with a production company that does some awesome shows. So, we actually almost had the opportunity to open up for Talk T A U K. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are familiar with them. They're yeah. great. They're one of my favorites in the scene right now. Okay. But um. The <clears throat> venue owner was not okay with having a third band on the bill. They already had an opener. I mean, we offered. We're like, we'll play for free. We don't care. We want to <laughs> yeah. open for talk, you yeah, know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean, with, with a lot of the other places, though, it's just we're just hitting people up as we go. Like mm -hmm. like I said, Drew does a great job, Bacano's bass player, of booking, and uh, yeah. he honestly is the one who set most of this tour up. I was just along for the ride to help manage everything. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's crucial having someone like that in your band too. The, you know, besides the manager that can kind of relieve some of those duties because, like you said, when you're in a band, it's already enough work. You gotta write your music and practice. And I mean, when you when I hear, I've never heard anybody like come up to me and be disappointed after they've heard Bacano just from a musical standpoint. Everything, else, everything else though, it it shows because I've seen those guys practice three to four times a week for the last nine, 10 months. Wow. Most bands are not practicing three to four no. times a week. No, so, no, you know, no. you, you, what I'm trying to say though, guys, is you get out what you put into it. Mm -hmm. I, I do some, I go to work at my day job that I wish I could quit and work 6am to 2:30. And while I'm there, all I'm doing is thinking about the work I'm going to get done for my business on my breaks and everything else. So, all I'm saying is, is you get out what you what you put into it. So just just pursue your passions in life and make uh, your own opportunities as you go. Yeah, totally. No, you really, especially in this day and age, like I feel like more and more it's becoming this. Uh, I don't know. Like you really do have to kind of carve out your own spot because like nothing is for certain. Like at any moment they can pull the rug out from under, like the 2008 financial collapse could happen again, probably is gonna happen again. 
I'm not trying to get into conspiracy theories or politics, but I'm just saying like that kind of shit happens all the time. And um, if you don't have your own shit kind of carved out, uh, I kind of feel like that you just sort of get left in the dust like so many people did. And I mean, at the time of the financial collapse, I was a mess anyway, so it didn't matter. I was just fucking floundering around being an idiot. But I mean, but over time, you, you've got to either figure it out or sink, I guess. <laughs> um, I want to try something with you, and, and it might be a little weird, but uh, at the end of it, you'll know a little bit more about yourself. And I think other people will too. Uh, it's not anything. It's not. Anything. Don't don't be too too worried about. It. And I'm actually gonna pull out my phone because I want. I'm just trying something different, and you're the first person who's going to endure it. So, <laughs> uh, it, it's not horrible. So don't be nervous. Okay. So if you had to choose one quality in your life that made life worth living, what would it be? And and now this can be like tangible, intangible happiness okay so if you had happiness um in your life what kind of things would that allow you to do like in life i mean you know like um pursue my goals and dreams and give my best version of myself in uh to my girlfriend and to my family and to everybody else in my life okay so you have this like complete happiness and you have this um and you're able to do the things for your girlfriend that you want to do, like give yourself and like uh, you're able to accomplish those goals that you just told me and uh, with happiness. Um, when you put that all together and you step back and you look at that, what what is the feeling that that gives you? I guess it gives me somewhat of a feeling of satisfaction. Satisfaction? Sweet. Okay, so what, what we just did was a um, – uh, a core core value test it's kind of this thing i actually read it in a <laughs> i read it in this book called the game by neil strauss i don't know if you're familiar with it but um uh anyways it, it was <laughs> it's actually a, a one of their pickup lines it's about pickup artists and it's like this journalist who went in undercover so that's where i just got it but it, it's kind of to um he was using it just to try to get down a girl's pants, but <laughs> uh, I'm using it just to get to know you better. So satisfaction and satisfaction in life. So what 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 isn't satisfying you right now in life? The only Sat thing the only thing that I'm not satisfied with in life is the fact that my business Frogtown Glassroots does not currently solely provide for me, mm. and I hope within 18 to 24 months it will. Nice. And you have like a plan for all that. Absolutely. That's so awesome. Um, and then so you're saying your day job is kind of bumming you out? Is yeah, it's not even bumming me out. It's just not what I want to do. Really I mean, it's it's a good job. It's right down the street for me. There's great benefits. I like a lot of the people I work with, but I just want to wake up and uh, do the music thing 24-7. So if you, could, if you could just do the music thing 24-7, what would be like the first thing? What would be the first accomplishment that you would want to tackle? That's a good question. I'm not sure I can disclose that at the moment. Oh, okay. Then you don't have to. We can we can move on. Uh, so is so you're very interested in music. Do you have musicians in the family or? You know, my brothers are musicians. Um, nothing crazy, but uh, they both played piano and guitar and all that growing up. Um, I was never into that. I played the trombone for a few years, but uh. I don't touch instruments. I just love it. You just love music. Absolutely. Yeah. 
and, and so that's that. so then where did your love of music come from um now that's that's in all of our family my dad loves music he's more of a he's more of like a ccr like rush guy like i'm a huge deadhead um I think it kind of skipped a generation. Both of my brothers are very into the Grateful Dead, too. I have two younger brothers, for those who don't know. And um, it's actually our mom's mom. So my grandma Jan is a giant deadhead, and she's bought us tickets to Dead & Company before, and we've gone to shows with her and everything like that. But I think it kind of skipped a generation. Um, one story I always like to tell that I think is really funny is my dad is super into government mule it's like one of his favorite bands and warren haynes obviously sat in with the dead and various reincarnations of the dead and i got to tell my dad about that because he obviously had no idea about that he didn't have any idea huh no not not about warren playing with all those guys but that's just he was just never into that i think for him growing up so my my dad graduated high school in like 84 and he went to anthony wayne high school as did i i was class of 2010 but um, he kind of told me back then, I think that was in the 80s, the dead was getting more popular and more popular, and they got even more popular in the late 80s. Is When he was in college, it seemed almost like a cult where it was like people would drop out of school or quit their job or do whatever it was they did and go follow the dead around. So it was like he didn't, I don't think he ever gave the music an honest uh listen to either mm. it was just that was just kind of his feelings on that's, it or whatever that's with, intimidating to people oh absolutely straight, you know? absolutely <laughs> but then there's that old saying you know we're everywhere where there's lawyers doctors and mm. government employees and bus drivers and you name it there's deadheads everywhere so it's kind of funny too at the same time they're not not every deadhead quit their job and literally left society altogether right. when they were going to concerts back yeah, in the day you don't have to yeah that's the whole thing you don't have to be th- like on lots selling grilled cheeses and fucking doses to like <laughs> to to fucking enjoy a show or two you know um especially in your older years i i always love seeing like the old heads and like wasn't it kind of cool like well for me it was cool you've probably been to more since uh in the last 10 years but like at hookahville it was cool to see like the fans aging with the band and like i you saw a lot of old heads there oh, yeah and like i was just like that's beautiful man like these like like a band can be a part of your life for so long and like you and like still coming back to like just enjoy that you know dip your feet in the bask of glory whatever <laughs> yeah I, I love that i love aging fans yeah then there were people that came from all over for hookahville 50 just because yeah. that was the first time in 13 years mm-hmm. since all those boys are on the stage together that was beautiful man. it was it was, that was really a good experience one. um the one thing though that I've heard a lot of people had complaints about Enter Sandman was the closer. I was pissed. Was that closer? I was pissed. The I'm like, encore. The I'm gonna say it just because I've heard I heard people there that had seen Hunt that had seen Hookah hundreds and hundreds of times and they all felt that way too. So I didn't feel that out of place thinking that way. No. It was like I don't know. It's like just I don't know. Enter Sandman could have done something for Come your encore on, on two point oh. So, yeah. like that was the only thing. The set, <laughs> so the set was great, and uh, shout out to Hookaville for always for putting sure. on a great event. But yeah, that was a uh, that was a little head scratching for everybody there, I think. But hey. That was a heck of an event, and yeah, well, the, the, they pulled it off and got they, those guys together. They, I don't, I'm curious what the final attendance on was, but I knew it was over three thousand from what I heard. At least, and you know, like everybody was saying, everybody was going to leave, and a lot of people did leave on Sunday. 
Yeah, well, me too. I, I packed up. I was like, I can only deal with one night of this. <laughs> like, I'm Back too to old. reality. They're, I'm too old to be fucking like going three days in a row. And, and I went pretty hard. Like I was, I, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't drinking. I don't drink anymore, but I was eating like Molly, which I haven't eaten in like fucking like eight years. <laughs> like before I got sober, well, sober quotes, air quotes. Uh, and like I eat like edibles and shit and like so like a lot of the show I wasn't even there I was so in my own head it sucked because I really wanted to be a part of it and then and then I just a lot of it I wasn't and that's and like and it was a rough night just because like I was just vibing too hard just my, I was in my own field you have a chance to see Billy Strings though there I did and that was so amazing he's incredible that that well, let me tell you too please. before to, no, you no, get no, into please. it I saw him leaving after his set, and he dri- He was in the driver's seat of his band's van. He drives his band around, and they're going to play over 150 shows this year, and he's one of the most hardworking musicians out there in the country. And when you s- see him play, you can tell. Uh, how old is he, like 22 or yeah, something? He's young. Yeah, see, he's fucking young. He can drive he's all these motherfuckers around. <laughs> Let the youngins play. It's fine. I, like I'm 35, so like when I like I'm still jumping into vans. Like I'm almost middle aged, jumping into vans and shit. But I love it. It's like what what else am I gonna be doing? Like I'd rather be uncomfortable in a van full of dirty, stinky dudes, right? Than fucking working in a fucking cubicle. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Um. Yeah. So no, Billy Strings. That set was awesome, and I love that set because um. I kind of felt like the audience wasn't fully engaged at first. And then you see a moment where he, like, captures everybody's ass. And it was, like, one of those spin-out moments. But, like, after that, it was over. Like, everybody was fucking, like, like, everybody was all in. And I have so much respect for artists who can can, uh, recognize – that they don't have everyone's full attention and demand their fucking attention. And that's what I loved about Billy is that he fucking like, he demanded motherfuckers attention and he got it. And so much respect for someone who can just turn shit around like that. That's it's not an easy thing, but once you get good enough, you know, it's something that just you have to do. Right. <laughs> and what's impressive about him too, is all the other bands he's playing with is, Oh, I you don't see know like, Oh, green sky, bluegrass. He's about to play like half their winter tour with. And oh, cool. for those that don't know, green sky, bluegrass actually played in Japan this summer. Um, we were actually at workout funny story. One of my, uh, one of my best friends, Nate, um, he, he's a, he does a lot helping me out with frog town glass roots. But uh, we were at workout, and he goes, man, I wonder why Green Sky's not here. They haven't been here in a couple of years. And I looked at him and said, well, that's because they're playing in Tokyo. <laughs> they're literally in the middle of, like, a two- or three-night run in Tokyo. And it's like, wow, I well, they're probably getting more money to play over there, I would imagine, than the States. But, yeah, it's amazing to see how far that band's come. But, um, yeah, Billy Strings plays with just about anybody and everybody. Everyone's inviting him to sit in with them, too. And he come do these tours with us. And, yeah, it's cool to see. Where is he based out of? Now, he's, I think, want to say he's based out of Tennessee, but he did grow up and uh, live a lot of his childhood in Michigan. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he plays a lot of Michigan and Ohio shows. And Billy's, uh, Billy's New Year's run, actually, is going to be up, I believe, in Pontiac, Michigan. Oh, cool. Yeah, three nights. There's a lot of talent here, man. So much fucking talent. Like, I, I was that, that was such a relief. <coughs> I'll tell you what. When I was coming back to Toledo, I wasn't thrilled about it, okay? Um, I, I, I was coming from California. I was coming from a thriving scene. 
I was coming from an awesome scene. I love the SoCal reggae scene going on, or the I should just say Cali Roots reggae scene going on out there. I was not thrilled about it. And then to come back here and, like, realize that there, there's fucking shit going on here and, like, I can work as a musician here. It, it, it was... Cause it, that was a big, it was a big fear of mine. I'm, I was a working musician in San Diego. I I don't want to change professions, <laughs> so coming here and seeing this is very refreshing. Because uh, I mean, like I was really fearful. I mean, it was just coming back to death, you know. <laughs> well, that's death. awesome to hear, man. But um, I kind of, kind of feel like a lot of people that are from the Toledo area, um don't really know their own local scene mm. and i don't think we've ever had like a huge scene well i should let me rephrase i don't think we've ever had a huge jam scene yeah um there's always been a giant um you know metal and punk scene i don't think that's ever died right. but um now it seems like there's a growing jam scene too which is really cool but i mean even before i got into this stuff like i didn't know it hardly existed like i can remember walking into the board you know four-ish years ago and hearing stonehouse for the first time and they're like in the middle of covering an amazing I know you writer and I'm just like there's music like this around here like where what have I been doing you know yeah. so I think there's a lot of people like that honestly I think we're, we're seeing more of those people come to our events we're seeing more of those people come to our festivals where it's like they've always gone to Hookahville they always drive up to Michigan to go to Rothbury or Electric Forest or they've always gone to hookah shows but there's just never an outlet for that around the Toledo area mm. and now there is and you know I'm just grateful to be a part of it all yeah man me too uh, me too like I, I really I really like that the you know I'm able to talk to the guys who are in the scene and like being able to like just it's nice to have that camaraderie and like again you know like because I just I uh, that's part of being part of scenes is like camaraderie is like because because I love seeing that people are going out and supporting other bands right. other it's bands a are supporting thing. other Absolutely. bands uh, you know like I love Riley from Cactus Jack he's like one of those dudes who kind of like float around all the time and like just make his face known you know and that and that means a lot it means a lot when you know like you take the time to like go see the people that you work with it, you that know? it goes a lot further than most people realize. <laughs> Cause I know, I know how at times annoyed, um, family and significant other and friends and other people can be too with me in my time. But it's just like, when you, when you kind of pick this profession, obviously that comes with the territory and yeah, you know, I, I have to be at a lot of these shows, but with what you said too, about other musicians, I think, um, I think I don't think a lot of band members and musicians realize how far that goes, because if you go out to one of their shows on one of your off nights and we know everyone's got to work in the morning and everyone's got other obligations but that goes such a long way where you will see them at one of your shows in the future too or yeah. vice versa even if you don't see them at one of yours they're gonna go to one of their other friend shows because you sparked that in their head and you planted yeah. that seed you know exactly. it goes a lot farther than people realize though man yeah and and, and that was a huge part of why like i like i i i I do have like a family. I have a son. I have a wife. You know, and like, I can't always go out to these shows. I mean, because I, it's just that, that's just it's not possible. But, um, but it's like when I do have the time, like I do make sure that I'm like out there seeing other bands because, I mean, not only am I, I'm not trying to be out there fucking showing my face so they come to my show. That's not why I do it. I, I genuinely right, right. am interested in, like, Absolutely. fostering something, you know, and, like, seeing talent. And, like, 
because I love Cactus Jack. Like Cactus Jack to me, like they're so just like laid back and groovy. Is <laughs> so and like Riley and the guys, you know, John. Yeah, Curry. Steve Curry's Curry. one of my good oh my friends. God, Curry is fucking the shit. Like they're all just like super nice guys. Like they're all nice. I'm, I won't take away from any of the bands in there. They're all like really cool cats. Fucking Funk Factory and Wax Tastic. Those guys have all been nice and even Human Juice Box. Even though Chris hates me, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, he don't listen. You think Chris listens it? <laughs> but um, I I love Human Juice Box. I think they're just so talented. I, I yeah, love, they got a unique sound. I really like their like. And uh, hey, everyone, champion. you can catch Human Juice Box tomorrow night after the Walleye game at Fleetwood's Tap Room, nine thirty p.m. Free show. Hensville's a very cool venue for those who haven't been down there. It's got awesome sound. So. Is it is it gonna be outside or is no it no no? Way? It'll be inside. Inside. Yeah. Is where do they put the bands inside? Um, it's like towards the back, but it's it's pretty like open going area. Towards the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, okay. right to the left of there. Okay, okay, oh, all right. Yeah, I've been in there and I saw some bands over the summer there in the in the park or in the open area, whatever the fuck they call that. Is yeah, stage. Hensville Park. There you go. <laughs> that thing. I did that. <laughs> I did that a lot summer. Um, yeah, man. Um, so what is uh what are some of the things that uh, that you see? I usually ask a question for musicians, but I'm trying to tailor it for you. So I, I ask this is what I ask. I ask, what is a weakness in your playing that uh, you're working on currently or um, uh, uh, or or have in the past? Like and I always give uh. the example, my left hand sucks on piano, so I run drills. So it's something like that. So but I think I already asked this question in, in a roundabout way. I was like, what are the next steps to to open that to, to, to expand and get better? But you said you got to the, the one thing I do want to do that I have actually tried to do and haven't been able to is do um some sort of charity event where, oh, where nice. it's pure charity you know not not a dollar of the ticket or whatever but where all of the funds that we are raising are going towards a cause of uh my choice which it would most likely be uh most likely be addiction services just with everything going on with the opiate epidemic um I just lost one of my buddies actually a couple of weeks ago. I've known oh. since I was three and played hockey with him. And uh, yeah, David, David was a music lover, so rest in peace, David. But um, that's uh, that's something I want to do downtown, whether it be in Hensel Park or I know Prometic has got that big stage on the river now. Mm -hmm. Is put together a big charity event where we do get a lot of our jam scene involved, but have other artists involved too. I mean, um um oliver hazard they, they those are some of my buddies i went to high school with griffin and devin and uh mike's the They're third part of guy the hazard family like the hazard family no 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 oliver <laughs> hazard is just like a band name but oh oh that's, yeah that's the band. Okay, yeah I'm but oliver man. hazard um they, they've done some charity work in the area okay. and they're getting a lot bigger and uh we've had them out for a harvest too but um i'd like to possibly have them involved they're doing a big show at the idiot this december again to raise uh raise uh money for uh women and things like that nature uh toiletries and all that kind of stuff oh, for yeah, people yeah. who are less fortunate so that is my next goal for an event i haven't done obviously i do we have a lot of other events around town that we do at other venues but um 
something of a charity event like that to, you know, really give back to the community for something that's hit everybody really hard because David's not the first person I've lost, and I know everybody to one way or the other has been affected by this. So for sure. that, that's that's the next step. That That's hopefully something we'll have lined up, and I can hopefully have some good news this spring about something going on next summer, next fall regarding that. So. Nice. If anybody uh, out there would like to be a part of it or has any ideas, feel free to reach out, message, call us on Facebook, direct message on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Frogtown Glassroots is on there, so hit them up. Um, you know, I was just at uh, my friend's uh, birthday party, and there was a few musicians there from some of the local bands here. Like, um, have you ever heard of the New Fashion? I think I've heard of them, but I'm they're, not too familiar with them. They're more of a working them. band, but they do their own original stuff. They're awesome. They got, like, great vocal harmonies and stuff. Um, uh, they play, like, the same venues, like, Green Acre Session plays. So, like, the Dirty Bird and Sodbusters. I think a lot of your bands are playing that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen, like, did you put on a show at Sodbusters? Like, yeah, you we've worked done with all shows those there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, anyways, um yeah we were just talking about doing a fucking benefit show and like he was talking about like every fucking dollar goes straight to there so and like green acre sessions we were all there like the guys in that band we were, were all talking about it and we're like yeah let's do it so like that's a really that's funny you brought it up like i i think we got two bands signed on already so, absolutely so like <laughs> i can't speak for everybody but but he was but justin the drummer he uh he was talking about um the band was his band the new fashion was looking to do some kind of charity event something you know like some and bring the like bands together have them play like even if it's like original music so it's like they can come out and play something awesome you know because because uh you know green acre sessions we do original show uh, original songs but most of the time we're just doing covers um so i know that both of the bands, New Fashion and Green Acre Sessions, were interested in starting to do more original shows, and because yeah, that's fun, you know. There's Absolutely. nothing like playing f your own stuff on your own terms and not have to like be working. But I love working as a working musician, playing covers. I don't give a fuck. I will play covers until I'm fucking dead. It's better than a cubicle. <laughs> Get that money. Get that money, son. Um. So is there a Oh, man, see, since you're not a musician, I have all these questions that are so tailored towards musicians. and no, Throwing you for a loop. No, not really. I've talked to plenty of people who aren't musicians. <laughs> I'm just like, I I, I didn't really, I, I forgot what, I, I had something to do today, and it took all fucking day. And so as soon as I got out of that place, I ate gummy bears, and that was at like almost four o'clock, so. Gummy bears, edibles never work for me in these. And so I thought I'd be okay, but I'm sitting here like fucking spinning around. This makes for great content. The host like floundering for something to talk about. So what what uh what bands and what what, what band uh are you really into? Or it can be several bands right now. What what bands are you really into right now? It could be local, nationwide, worldwide. What what are you listening to? What's what are you really got boner for? Um, well, I'm always listening to the Grateful Dead and Widespread Panic. Oh, but, you um, spreadhead, huh? Yeah, nice. yeah, which is a little odd for the Midwest. Um, <laughs> there's not enough of us around here, but uh, yeah, I went out to Red Rocks last summer and definitely plan on going out there again this next summer. Um, this next summer in June will actually be Widespread's 
58th, 59th, and 60th consecutive sellout of Red Rocks during their three-night run, which is the most among all active bands. So I will be there and hopefully be a part of them for all three, if not at least two. But that's in the plans. Um, How old are you, if you don't mind? I'm 26. Oh, shit, you're young as fuck. (laughs) You can do all this shit. (laughs) You have That's awesome. Hopefully we'll be out west with some other clients this summer too not not to mention any names but we're always looking to expand and we have friends that are playing music out west currently some of some of our other friends that have played at festivals there's a there's a there's a band brothers gal who um that's the name of the band the brothers gal they're a jam band who's been sort of hitting the west um but they they always put on shows they're great they're a great band to trade with because they have like a great network on yeah. like the west coast absolutely like uh like from like montana down to like colorado cool. and everything west of that is like That's they're awesome. able to go and do stuff but they come out east too a lot but uh when you see their shows they're they fucking are they're expanding and stuff just throwing that out there yeah. do with that whatever I'm, you want i'm a pretty big bluegrass fan too so i'm definitely uh trying to catch one or two of those uh green sky bluegrass shows with billy strings those are going oh, yeah, on yeah, next yeah. january and february where at um they're playing in cleveland and i think there's one up in michigan too the green sky bluegrass is also doing uh, a show with neil castle and his band oh, which nice. is down in cincy i'm not sure if you're familiar with neil castle or not the is he a cincinnati neil, guy? neil castle and circles around the suns his band name i'm not sure where he's from to be 100 percent honest but uh he's really awesome okay you know what i i when you said neil castle in my stupid brain i said neil cassidy and oh that yeah, guy yeah, isn't yeah even alive anymore no so, no no <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, wow. ca- ca- cowboy neil nonetheless a very important figure but uh yeah, no not the same guy scene, right? yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, not at all. Yeah, that dude's... <laughs> <laughs> or didn't he, like, disappear and no one ever found him or something? Like, did yeah, he they, just uh, vanish or something? Nah, they... Yeah, he, well, I, th- I want to say he ran away to Mexico, but yeah, then they, they like found that. him uh, dead on some railroad tracks, I believe, oh, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely but right. But the, right. the only reason I know that is... Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a guru with dead history. I've I read a bunch of well, books Kool-Aid all the time Acid and Test stuff. Is amazing book. It's, yeah, like, and the the one to... I've read um maybe it might have been in Bobby's documentary honestly, which was the mainstream one on uh, Netflix, Netflix. The other one, but he talks about it in one of his books too about how when he was uh, writing the song the other one, which is you know about Neil Cassidy, mm-hmm. um, he had trouble writing like the end of it. And he said when he finished writing that song that night, he woke up in the morning and found the news that Neil had passed away. So oh. he said he could, yeah, he could feel some stuff going on with the energy that night. He said writing that song. And that was kind of a little interesting, uh, yeah, dead folklore songwriting tidbit. So so it seems like you're a little versed. So did they really get robbed by, like, like did one of their managers really rob them? And like, Yeah, as far as I know, them? that's truth. Mickey Hart's dad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's was the, their manager and really set him up good and that was when when mickey left the band for a couple years i want to say it was just two or three years mm-hmm. there he didn't play a show with them that was the reason why is mickey couldn't even really bring it to himself to play music with his band at that point i bet man yeah because his dad was like a you know musician too who got mickey in the music and everything else like that so I can't imagine what kind of blow that is for someone to. to oh like, yeah, but, you horrible. know, like, oh god damn, and 
I mean, that band has just been through so much. Jesus Christ. Like, I mean, like, they couldn't keep a keyboardist for fuck. Yeah. They fucking saved their yeah. life. And You're not lying there. Uh, it's just a, uh, what, what's your favorite era of the dead? You know, what's funny is it's actually the late 80s, which everybody mm. says they dislike because that's, like, the time when they hit the pinnacle of, like, commercial success. Yeah, but huh. the reason that I like the late 80s, but Brent Midland is by far my favorite keyboard player. I'm not mm. taking anything away from, you know, Pigpen or Keith or Vince or any of the other guys, but... um, uh. He could sing like none of the other members could. He mm-hmm. could really sing the high harmonies. He 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 added a little something to every song. But the main thing about the late '80s is that um, everybody knows. Obviously, Jerry struggled with opiates and heroin. And um, in 1986, he fell into his diabetic coma. Mm. And you know, when, when you're in a coma, you can't do dope. So <laughs> when he came out of his coma, he was clean and. Up until when Brent died in 1990, the most of, from what you can tell, and um, Jerry stayed clean. And you can tell in the music, too, because there's so many great shows from that era. There's yeah. no dope in the music. He's not nodding off on stage like he was in the mid-'80s sometimes. There's, yeah. I don't know. There's, you can tell in the 90s, too. There's still some great shows in the 90s, but when you die back into that, you can tell that he got back into that drug real bad, and it affected the music, too, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, late 80s is definitely my favorite. Late 80s and early 70s. The 70s got that pace and speed Mm -hmm. to it and, you know, when they were branching out and finally going out and playing around the country. But, yeah. Yeah, that, I think I'm a Brent guy, so it always comes back. I find myself listening to anything from '87 to '90 before Brent died. Well, it almost seems like he also brought like the, the '80s technology with him too. That kind of like shaped that like electric sound. You know what I mean? Like, uh, because there's something very the sound even is super '80s. Yeah, as he well. played that. He played the B3 organ. Right, but like nobody though. That that was my my favorite thing about him but i'm just saying like even in like his choice of like keyboard like synthesizers and oh stuff, absolutely you know what I mean? like well, he was encapsulating especially that. compared to like keith too who i think just played you know like an electric grand piano or something mm. of that nature you know nah, yeah not branching out like that or getting into new stuff as like as it comes out mm-hmm. yeah yeah there was a lot of technology brought to the band through just that i mean that's awesome and and i don't know that for sure but it just from what i'm speculating just because when you hear it you can no hear absolutely the whole band kind of like uh kind of embraces that whole thing um so what uh what what's like a like a seminal album for you that sort of like change your life change like how you look at, I, I know this is a hard question because i mean, it's by design so it can be multiple so like something very seminal something life-changing that would just like set you on a course to like where you're at now probably space wrangler with panic oh really yeah when i got into panic um i didn't really i don't know what it was i was just instantly drawn to it when i heard of them though when i like first got into jam scene probably i guess my first festival i went to was all good 2012 and i saw every dead members band at the time i mean mickey hart band was there billy and the kids phil and friends and you know bobby was playing with like bradford and Silas and things like that i saw the allman brothers and it kind of opened me up um to a world of music i didn't really know existed and when i found panic a year or two after that um you know, and got into their music. That would that was obviously one of the albums. Really, any of the Mikey albums too. Um, everybody obviously my age is like, oh, why is for painting Jimmy Herring? And it's like, yeah, Jimmy Herring's a freaking amazing guitarist and a mm-hmm. great musician. But um, the thing that about Panic that everybody loved back in the day was um, 
Michael Hauser's guitar playing, who was their lead guitarist, and he passed away of pancreatic cancer in 2002. So rest that. in peace, Mikey. Yeah. But yeah, when you go, when I, I find myself even at work, I'm allowed to listen to music during the day, and I mean, I just go through tons and tons and tons of 90s shows, a lot, a lot of late 90s, 97, 98, 99. There's really no bad years, but um, yeah, Watch for Panic is uh, kind of my go-to besides the dead. Mm. And no fish. Not really, a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody buy a ticket and take me to a show. I've still never seen him live, but I'll go. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll try. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll try. Um, no, Trey and Mikey both had a mutual respect for each other, too. Like, I love poking friend, uh, fun of all my uh, fish friends and fans out there, and they know that. But, um, no, it's all out of love. Uh, I, I, I feel like fish, it's, a lot of people have a hard time with the vocals. You know what I mean? And, like, widespread, they kind of have, like, a, a good grip on vocals. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but but when you look at, the like, the dead and stuff, like, all those harmonies they're trying to hit, when they're doing live shit, they're just being like, ah! <laughs> It's so funny. But so, like, it's interesting when you, like, when you listen to, like, some fish shows and, like, because of their vocals, they were kind of, like, it, it's hard to get past, like, Trey's voice. And they all have, like, kind of weird timbres of their voice. Yeah, but people like, say but, it's the hippies. They smoke too much, so none of them can sing. <laughs> well, but not really. Th- but but here's the thing: when you listen to those shows and they're doing like their acapella moves and they're doing the, they're fucking hitting harmonies. Oh, and shit. They were well oiled. So I've seen Trey Anastasio band too a couple of times, oh, and cool. um, yeah, I mean, I love them. I love him. I've just never been super into Fish. I'm not sure what it is. I've tried to get into the band multiple times and give it honest listens, but like I said, I'm still willing to go to a show. <laughs> I'll do just it. Pay for me. Yeah, give me a ticket. You, you heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> Andrew says he will go. You, it's just on you. You're flipping the bill. <laughs> that's that. I've all. Yeah, that's that's all. I think that's what I've always said. I've never like refused to ever try it. I'm willing to try it. Was, was with like, an open mind hey you know but that's but isn't that like the problem nowadays nobody wants to have an open mind about no, anything nothing they don't even want to listen to yeah. the other other person no. it's just like as soon as they say something that they don't agree with it's just like you go to hell and you go to hell and you die you know it's like uh, <laughs> that's what i love so much about music is that it brings people together from right. all walks of life hey, you could be you could be a fucking democrat republican but when you're in that audience, you're just all fucking experience Amen. one thing Amen. all together, all at once. You're experiencing God, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, that's like, that's the thing when it comes down to music. It's not there. There's no prerequisites or anything uh, in some kind of constitution of a certain band that says, well, you have to vote this way and have this certain kind of hair and eat this food. And if you don't, your love for that band's not as big as mine. It's like, this is it. <laughs> You, you get some people that have that attitude, and it's, I see where it can be a turnoff to other people that are new to the scene. Yeah. You know, and most people involved in the, in the jam scene and in our music scene are not like that, but there are some that are, and it's a little totally. bit of a turnoff to people sometimes. Have, have you ever been to a show, and they're just like, okay, fucking sing something. <laughs> okay, I've heard the, I was at, uh, I've heard this a couple times, and I've heard, like, <laughs> I've heard... Why do we have to walk so much at a festival? I've heard that at Hookahville, actually. I heard some like blonde haired girls like, why do we have to walk so much? It's just like, oh, you're at the wrong place, sweetheart. Um, oh, shit. I forgot what I was talking about. What were we just talking about? That's great. 
talking about festivals and walking and uh, <laughs> prerequisites for why liking certain bands and nah, we've been talking about a whole bunch of stuff. I know we're jumping around here. I appreciate I, you having me be a part of this though. Oh, I appreciate you being a part of it, man. Because yeah. like, I'm, I think I was actually gonna try to be on one of the shows from the summer. Um, my two business partners, old Alex and uh, oh, Travis yeah. from Wax Tastic, uh, they were both on the show at one point. So. Yeah. Yeah, happy to be a part of it now. Well, yeah, and I, and I remember like I think we we're shooting around the idea of maybe trying to get something in before Sacred Harvest, just sort of the last push. Yeah, for, absolutely. You know? uh, but yeah, you know, whatever, it's fine. Like schedules are crazy. It's like there's, I I can't get I. You know what? At first, man, I used to get real butt hurt when people <laughs> would not respond or would be like, "Oh yeah, let's do it," and then stop responding or like, and not to say that that's what happened with us. It just it didn't work out until now. Um, but I used to take it real personal. Yeah, I don't even think I had met you in person yet either, though. No, yeah, which paths is a, finally crossed right. at a Stonehouse show a right. few weeks ago. So, which it's, was a fun it's a show. pleasure. Absolutely, Stonehouse is yeah. always a blast. Yeah, and John, it was nice of John to invite me up on stage. John's a great and, guy. Oh no, yeah, he was on the show. John, yeah. uh, John's a great musician too, guys. Oh yeah, totally, man. He he fucking he's he awesome. lives it. He does, man. He does. Um, yeah, I I love that, man. I love. It, it was great to like finally meet you and, and you know especially out at a show i think that was your show too right that was a no, show you no, were putting that, on no that wasn't oh. one of the shows i was putting on but um yeah. i was there to support them yeah yeah, totally. yeah. stonehouse is uh they're about as uh veteran status as you get at the bronze board i'm not sure what the year is exactly but ask john how long they've been playing there but oh, it, yeah. it's been well over a decade yeah man. they've they've earned uh what they got there Hell so yeah. yeah they put those on <laughs> Another thing I wanted to point out is, like, I don't want to sound weird, and this is going to sound weird no matter how I say it, but I did notice you're in an interracial relationship. Here's what's up, black girls. <laughs> I love – no, no, I, my wife is black, and I just noticed it, and I, I love seeing interracial uh, couples because it's like, it's like we're breeding the future people. You know what I mean? Like, it's like – the future people are are my son. Like this, like un, non determinal race. Yeah, that, love oh, has just, no bounds or color. Just, Absolutely, it, just like just nice, beautiful brown people. <laughs> and, um, I, I'm just I'm just giving you a nod. That's all. Um, how how was that, by the way? Like I I don't know. For me, going into a family, uh, you know, like how was that? How was their family rece- receive you? Um, her side of it. If you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. If that makes you uncomfortable. No, her uh, her mom and sister both uh, get along really well with me. Yeah. They actually live pretty close by. And um, yeah, Robin and I actually met like ten years ago um, in Panera Bread, and then we both went our separate ways. And two or three years ago, our paths kind of crossed back at the right time, and yeah. it's been great. Does she? She's share- an introvert and doesn't go out too often. But when I do drag her out to shows, uh, just come say hi and make her feel welcome. She loves all of my genuine friends. So awesome, man! Yeah. Is she, uh, uh, she in the same music as you, or she's no, uh, not necessarily. But um, our first date actually was a Galactic show up in oh, nice. Detroit, and that's probably like her favorite, probably her favorite band that she's seen, kind of jam related. But hell yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't always you can't win them all. Yeah. My wife is totally not into. <laughs> and my wife is she's an RB. She pretends she is. That's what counts. 
No, my no, wife doesn't I pretend. Guess. Yours. That's good. That's nice. That's love, right? <laughs> my wife. We've been married for like eight years now. She, so went, it's like, she went to Dead and Company show with me, and here's a really funny story. Um, so this was a blossom a year ago now. So like June 2017, and this older lady comes up to my girlfriend and is giving her a giant hug and telling her. Oh my gosh, this is just so beautiful. I haven't been to a dead show since 93, and I just, you could feel Jerry and the energy and everything else, and she's hugging her and going on and on about this. And I go, Did you know that lady? Like, was that one of your old professors at Akron or something? But she goes, No, I've never seen her before in my life. Was, was she like, totally cool with uh, the interaction? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But she, she didn't really, she didn't know what to do at first, I don't think, but she let it ramble yeah. on and she loved her too about it. So it was all good. Well, when, if you're not used to that, it's going to be. A little, it was a little funny. That's all. That is funny. But no, no, no. Because there is like a cross. There, there are like cultural barriers when you're dating. When you're dating another person outside of your race, Uh, like there are cultural barriers. And the reason why I asked how her family was is like um, because you know sometimes that can throw people off, um, like family members and stuff. Like when I was first dating my now wife, like her brothers gave me a fucking hard time. You know, like. They used to call me John Mayer. Every time I'd come around, they'd play John Mayer. Thankfully, I don't have any brothers <laughs> to worry about. It was it, and then the brothers' friends who are like fucking just shitting on me. It was awesome. It was great. It was a great way to get broken into her family because her family is is just wonderful. Um, anyways, um, you know, just wrapping up here. Uh, no, no. Well, I I do. I have to get going too. <laughs> but um. What I, I've been asking this at the last question of the show because I just love it so much. Um, uh, I saw it on. I don't know why I feel like I'm compelled to tell the guests why or where I got it from, but I do because I. Uh, yeah, have you ever seen the show uh, Getting Coffee with uh, Comedians Getting Coffee in Car? Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, show. absolutely. Okay, so Dana Carvey was on the last season. And uh, Dana Carvey asked Jerry Seinfeld this question, and it threw Jerry off. And he was like, I've never been asked that before. So, like, um, I thought – and it was a beautiful question. So I've been just asking at the end of each show just to sort of, you know, give people a nice, positive, final final assessment. I don't know. What the fuck am I talking about? (laughs) Something nice to leave on. So when do you feel most loved? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I have to think about that. That's fair. I don't know if there's any, like, specific uh, times or not, but I, I feel like over the last uh, really two to three years, um, I've just felt love from my my family, from my girlfriend, and from my life in general because I've been living it, too. Um um, a lot of people know this about me and a lot of people don't. Um, I was actually really badly addicted to opiates for a few years. So when I got clean a little over three years ago, I've been clean since August 29, 2015. Um, that was kind of the thing that got me back into music and made music so important for me and kind of what showed the light, so, like showed me the light, mm-hmm. like, and like, got me back into the stuff that I really enjoyed before ad- addiction kind of took my life away. Mm-hmm. So since that point, um, 
I feel like I feel the love every day when I wake up because I'm just happy and grateful to be alive. Mm-hmm. And I know how like lucky I am to be doing what I'm doing because not many people wake up every day and uh, have a business that they run and operate of something that they really like truly love and believe in and enjoy and seeing people at the shows and getting the feedback that you guys continue to give us just makes it all that much more worth it so i feel the love from that too but i mean i feel love in uh many different aspects of my life and it's usually every day and when i'm not feeling it every day i remind myself uh how far i've really come and how blessed i really am and it doesn't take too long to feel the love again Oh, that's a very beautiful answer. Um, just because that resonates with me a lot as well. Uh, is me personally, I I was IV <laughs> uh, with heroin. Uh, I was for a little bit too, actually. Which is, is is the best way to fly. But I'm not saying that as an endorsement of heroin. Uh, but I had a good time with it, but I also died like three times. So, um, I'm not proud of my, I'm not proud of it, but I do talk about it a lot because, um, cause I, I'm clean. I've been sober for five years. Congrats. That's yeah, just alcohol. I, I try to talk to people about it too, though. I, more I, and more just cause I know how many other people are like affected by it. And they struggle with it, especially I, here. I overdosed and died once. And that was actually on December 6th, 2014. So almost a couple weeks away from four years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Wow. So not that long ago at all. Um, I mean, life was literally living hell and, you know. Yeah, man. You can you can change if you want to, and if you have other people struggling, you, you know, try to get them help. You can't do it for anybody themselves, but once the person wants to do it for themselves, they will, I promise. Yeah, totally, man. Um, it's It's like, it's such a sad thing to come back here and see that how how many lives have been decimated by it ohio literally is like leading the nation in overdose deaths so that's again why i want to try to help out with that charity event if i can what we talked about earlier i'm in i don't even care fucking like i'll do it with my wife you know just let me know i'm totally down for that absolutely i mean especially if it's for drug addiction i mean if it's for whatever i'm down for charity i'm i i play i play at saint paul's and i played at the the house um another homeless shelter fuck what the place what is that place awesome awesome places and uh doing so much for the community and they you know they feel the opiate crisis too you know like the homeless shelters and stuff like that uh but yeah i, I like to talk about just because i want people to know that it's not like a and like it's not endless like you can stop absolutely and like like there is people out there to help you and um, you know, and you were lucky enough to have a support system or at least, right? I mean, it sounds like you had your family was there to back yeah, you up. And yeah, stuff. they never gave up on me, that's for sure, and I put them through hell. Do you know Do you, Do you? you know where it started, how it stemmed? Um, What's that, just my drug just use in general? Just starting using, um, like, Breaking my wrist in junior year of hockey in high school and then having uh knee surgery within three months after that is probably where the opiate use started it was never long term it was off and on but yeah yeah, yeah. but when, when i moved on. back home from ou i got really bad and for a couple years there like 2013 to 15 i was just a mess like yeah yeah, yeah it's, 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 a, it's a rough one man it's a rough one and it's like i, I have friends and like a few months ago i had a old acquaintance die here you know he was he was uh another victim of it and 
Yeah, man, it's rough. I got a lot of friends who fucking struggle with it, and it's it's just it's an ugly thing. But but there is help, and, and I was just oh by the way, I have to tell you this: the reason why I was gonna be late today is because my sister proposed to her boyfriend today. Oh, congratulations! So, <laughs> I, I my sister was like, you better tell you better talk about me on your podcast. I was like, tell him why you were late. Uh, so like I was giving it a little time so I could. Uh, so I could see it happen, and I filmed it. It was beautiful, and they cried, and it was nice. So well, that's great. To congratulations, hear. Lisa. I love you, my sister. She's she's awesome. She's out there killing it right now. Well, Andrew, thank you so much, man. Um, how can people get a hold? Oh, please go ahead if you got um, more. Please, just a little bit more, guys. We were gonna touch oh, no, on. Uh, I just wanted to mention what we got going on the next couple of weeks. I know please. I mentioned that juice box is gonna be at Fleetwood's Tap Room. Um, tomorrow night which is when you'll be hearing this is tomorrow so tonight and then this weekend indigress has a free show at the bronze boar nine to one is always no cover um november 30th at Sodbusters, we got the buzz anderson project oh nice you're working with buzz now yeah a little bit nice that's actually the first gig we've ever uh booked but i would love to have buzz involved with uh other events in the area because he's a heck of a musician um Bacano, who i just was on tour with they're making their bells brewery debut on december 1st which please help us buy tickets and support us so we can get back up there and try to get some other toledo bands up there because bells is an absolutely amazing place and last but not least friday december 14th is the frogtown glassroots holiday party at the Bronze Boar, we have Restless Legs String Band up from Lexington, Kentucky, and Indigrass is going to be opening things up. Um, I will also be getting Frickers catered, and we'll be having a little potluck so people can bring a dish too, but we'll about $150 catered to Frickers. And hey, come out man. early and stay late and be merry and bring a friend and all that good stuff, and let's celebrate all the great stuff we got going on here in Toledo in the holiday season. So just want to thank Mike again for uh, – let me be a part of this podcast in the comfort of my own office here. <laughs> no problem, man. It was my pleasure. It's like I, I always, it's always, it's always amazing to me that people open up their homes and like let me in and like, cause it's weird. It's weird someone being like, "Hi, I've been stalking your page and now I want to talk to you in person on microphone." <laughs> Can I come to your house where your children sleep? <laughs> it's all good, bro. Uh, yeah man thank you andrew and uh fucking we'll see you guys out there fucking go hit the streets fucking spread the word get out to a show toledo Thank you, Andrew, and thank you for being so open and honest about your life and letting me into your home and let me uh, ask you weird questions that sometimes is awkward. Uh, you can write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at we speak English good or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash we speak English good. You can also follow me, Mike Epp, on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. Uh, it's supposed to say Mike EP, but uh, as if if you do listen to the show regularly, you know that Facebook won't let me put a period between the E and the P, and after the P, so it could say Mike EP, which is uh, whatever. Okay, <laughs> leave a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, um, 
uh, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, leave a review. It helps with uh, bringing the show, bring attention to the show in weird little algorithms. Woo! Those gummy bears. Uh, Anyways, thank you guys very much for listening. I'll see you guys next week. And take care of your fellow human beings. HJs for everybody. Bye-bye.